You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Karen Butler, Senior Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West. Hello, and welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider podcast. I'm Karen Butler, Senior Editor. Joining me on the phone is Len Monheit, Executive Director of the Global Prebiotics Association. Len, thanks for being here. Karen, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, on October 18th, Len and I were part of the prebiotics market development session during Supply Side West in Las Vegas. This was our second consecutive year featuring prebiotics as part of our education program. Len, how did you feel about this year's session? I was very pleased with it. I thought the level of engagement, if anything, was better than last year. I think it was more interactive, had some great questions from some very knowledgeable folks in the audience. Very happy that most of the folks that we had in the audience were brands that already had product in market. I was also struck by the fact that a good portion of the participants that we did have that were global or outright international, and that underscores the fact that we know this to be a truly global movement. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's take a minute to flip back to last year's content. Was 2019 a logical progression from that, or what was the thinking and how the programming evolved? We tried to make it so, and I think it was. Last year, for those that were there, we started with David Heber talking about emerging science, including his work in some polyphenols, in addition to more traditional fibers as prebiotics. We then went on to the definition, some market sizing, some products in the market, then concluding with a regulatory perspective. So you want to do encapsulate that, show the development, and then take it the next steps. So we ourselves as GPA, and in fact the market, have evolved since then. Um, Polyphenols are now broadly acknowledged to have prebiotic activity. They're encompassed within the definition. And Dr. Yadav, who's our key scientist this year, was actually able to run through a scientific process talking about using probiotics and then in detailed examination of the mechanisms, the need to augment that activity, traditional and new prebiotics, and then talking about an optimal combination of pre and probiotics. So we're able to really evolve the state of the science and mechanistic aspects of that science. Um, So that was a real world example of product development. So we're having already follow-up talks on that. Then in the product messaging and the positioning side of the presentation and workshops, Many of the the points resonated with the audience. We extrapolated on market sizing that we had done in year one. We were able to continue discussion on regulatory strategy. So I think we connected a lot of dots year one to year two. Yeah, we sure did. And and I don't know if uh, if people can fully appreciate how broad this topic is. You you it's very difficult to do programming like this at a conference because you've got anyone attending who's like prebiotics. I've heard of that, but I have no idea what it is. To people who have been um, really in the nitty-gritty of it for several years now. So it's it's hard to kind of get that um, progression where we want uh, people who are saturated with the market to be to be fed as well as people who are coming in new and have a lot more basic questions. Thanks very much, Karen. And, and, and that was actually evident in, in having only a single um, academic and scientific presenter this year I think were we were we to do it again, we in order to get to the total scope of development and to be able to provide both that baseline and a deeper understanding of what's happening, we probably need need two scientific presenters. 
yeah, just some different perspective, and they, they have their different focuses that they're working on. That could be interesting. Um, and finding great scientific speakers is difficult as well. Dr. Yadav and Dr. Heber are both, uh, of course, top-notch, um, but a lot of times we get the scientists in there who, who don't translate as well in the, um, in the broad conference setting, so I think we've done a great job with getting um, researchers in who are really able to communicate the details and make it understandable because, of course, one of the challenges for uh, brand owners is, is making sure that consumers understand and are following the science and the mechanisms of action, as you mentioned. I don't know if you have more to share on that. Well, I mean, if we're talking about specifically how Dr. Yadav was able to address the task that we gave him, uh, there was a couple of key aspects. We wanted different series of prebiotics. We wanted to be sure that we were presenting in as many different formats as possible the development of mechanisms of action. We also wanted him to start to establish the ties that we hear about but don't see evident in products all, all across the board yet as far as that gut-brain mechanism. So um, Dr. Yav was able to deliver that. Um, I've got a little bit of an analysis of, uh, of, of how he did, which I'll share um, if we're ready. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, so as, I, as I saw Dr. Yudo's presentation, we had sort of planned ahead of time, and then I got the presentation back, and he started with a third of his presentation actually on probiotics. We were really concerned that he was talking about too much probiotics because this is a prebiotic <laughs> workshop. Yes, for um, sure. But then as he started talking, he talked about the facts that probiotics were not adequate to both account for and to induce maximum effect in butyrate, one of the short-chain fatty acids, upregulation in his obesity model. And then even direct butyrate treatment wasn't good enough. So that led Dr. Yadav and his team to use various prebiotic strategies to maximize butyrate production and to get his results. So it was a combination approach that actually included a very well-researched category, including resistant starches and fibrous prebiotic sources. So he actually gave us everything we want. We had the total development of a mechanistic study and talking about leapfrogging from the use of probiotics only into prebiotics and symbiotics. And then he was also able to show the connection between the gut and the brain. Um, so that's exactly what we wanted. He delivered. Yes, that was a pretty tall order, uh, and I agree with you. When he started in on the probiotic research, I I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I I hope we're okay here. But he definitely um, used it as a pathway to talk about those mechanisms of action for prebiotics and why the prebiotic tie is so important. And then I thought it was interesting how he um, talked about his lab at at Wake Forest and how it's developing a symbiotic yogurt to deliver those effects to humans. So again, the, the product application, as you mentioned. And that's one of the great things about some of the researchers we encounter is that they, they understand the value of objective research, but they're very open to this dialogue around commercialization. And that obviously can go to various extremes, but the best researchers that are going to suit this developing category are the ones that understand that the basic research needs to have application research to support it, and they have to have suitability in product formats. Dr. Udov clearly mm -hmm. understands this. Yeah, and such a good nature, too. I was speaking to him at the, the happy hour event we had at, at Supply Side West after the session, and uh, I said, so leaky gut is a thing, huh? And I, I was kind of trying to get a laugh out of him. <laughs> he just gave me the, the scientist stare like, yes, leaky gut is a thing. And I said, well, you've heard that, right? I mean, a, a lot of 
the media out there is saying it's not really proven, it's not this or that. So kind of just, just poking fun at him there and trying to get some uh, some more information out of that. But he really had um, some different studies, as you mentioned, gut brain access, obesity, diabetes, and a lot of the different concerns that we're seeing out there in the marketplace. Yeah, and we see him as a key resource for the GPA, for the Global Prebiotic Association moving forward. We've already begun some follow-on discussions. Oh, good. Good. Well, you want to go ahead and talk about uh, Kara Landau, our traveling dietitian? Um, (laughs) Yes, our our famous traveling dietitian. Um, Yes. She uh, comes at this from so many different angles that she's the perfect speaker, and her messaging uh, in the workshop was about messaging and dealing with the various influencers and, and channels that need to be reached in order to tip this category strongly. Um, so it was good to have her present this. She is a dietitian. She's also an entrepreneur. So she's lived this with all of her influencer groups, including her peers. Um, key part of her presentation was dealing with misconceptions around probiotics. And we have that challenge in so many different categories across the health ingredient space, but prebiotics is, is sort of living it. Um, the, the misconceptions include pre, all prebiotics are fiber, which they are not. Conversation about what are fibers doing and feeding, um, what are prebiotics doing, and it's more than feeding. Uh, perception that common food sources actually contain adequate amounts of prebiotics, which they typically do not. Uh, Carol was also able to talk about our recently published definition of prebiotics, which reads that prebiotics are a nutritional product and or an ingredient selectively utilized in the microbiome producing health benefits. So she talked about that evolution and what it really means. So um, that was good. Talked about her own brand journey, working with fellow dietitians, how they feel about prebiotics. And actually, Karen, um, myself and Tracy representing the Prebiotic Association just came back from FENCI, the Food and Nutrition Conference uh, last week. And the interest, curiosity, and engagement on prebiotics among the dietitian community was really, really keen. That's great to hear. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, she did mention all the different stakeholders that people in this space need to be aware of, particularly the influencers, the dietitians, healthcare providers, manufacturers, retailers, um, just really bringing some awareness to the, the full reach of the category. Absolutely. Yeah, did you get a chance to sample her new product, by the way, at Supply Side West? An unofficial I did, sample? actually. <laughs> An unofficial sample, and I like it. Yeah, I did as well. And when Len says she's, a, she's an entrepreneur, she's actually in the prebiotic space. So that's what's extra great about having her speak um, during this session because she can speak specifically to the challenges and, and what consumers know and what consumers don't, as you said, with those, those myths. You guys at Trust Transparency, you've done some um, specific research around this, haven't you, in terms of prebiotic use? Are, are you holding out to share on that, or do you have, want to share a tidbit? Well, she shared a lot, um, but basically mm-hmm. the, we've done cons- two years of consumer research and two years of dietitian research, and, and the information that we have is that the awareness of prebiotics is now up to 80%. Um, so that's generally very good. And this, this is among supplement users. Um, the reasons for the use of prebiotics are mostly for digestive issues, um, some for immune issues, but the diversity of, of reasons for taking and buying prebiotics is really good 
And it's not only about fiber. And that's something that needs to be clearly emphasized is that consumers are making their prebiotic purchases, looking for specific words like prebiotics. They're looking for sources of prebiotics. And then fiber, the rationale for purchasing is way down in four or five positions. Um, when it comes to the dietitians, the dietitians continue to support um, prebiotics. Obviously, they're food first when it comes to the recommendations, but they're hungry for knowledge about prebiotics. They don't really know that much. The education will benefit the category, and they recognize that there's things that people cannot get from just food sources. So encouraging evidence in our research from both consumers as well as dietitians for the category. That's a great segue into um, the third speaker from the session, which was Claire Morton Reynolds uh, from Nutrition Business Journal. And she was talking about, as you mentioned, functional food and beverage growth has increased each of the past like four to five years, and it's projected to continue. But the top prebiotics categories based on CPG products at Expo West 2019 were bars and supplements. So all categories are fair game and are seeing activity. What were some other uh, insights that Claire shared that caught your eye? Well, I think the fact that when you're talking about the gut digestive category, increasingly you're now talking about prebiotics and symbiotics taking an increasing share over what had traditionally been strongly probiotics. So the growth is in pre and sin. Um, probiotics, obviously, very solid. Research base continues to grow. But the change, the delta there is the component that's made up of prebiotics and symbiotics. Um, we've got category growth in supplements doubling every year for the next few. Um, symbiotics grabbing market share yep. for single. Yeah, symbiotics grabbing market share from single probiotics. Um, mm -hmm. And then it was very interesting to see Claire then talk about the addressable markets and the potential in addressable markets outside of digestion. So you've got immunity, mm -hmm. inflammation, mood, and cognition that talk about some serious market potentials relatively untapped for when the science connects all the dots as they need to. Um, mm -hmm. Claire then also talked about some product positioning um, across all categories, as you mentioned, Karen, the, the foods, the beverages, and the supplements, and then made the link that needs to be made, I think, the fact that technology and apps and then personalization are going to be influencers for prebiotic and symbiotic growth. That's right. She finished off and said um, personalized nutrition, and especially with all the interest in the microbiome and such, is really going to be a hot topic. Good. And then she also mentioned um, the next data showed consumer use across all generations. I think you did mention that. But um, it, the research showed from millennials to boomers, they're looking to be healthier, they're more engaged, they're proactive. And even though digestion isn't, you know, Number one, the only reason looking at prebiotics, uh, supporting digestion in particular, was important to 69% of millennials. I found that interesting because 61% of Gen Xers and 56% of boomers, and I really would have thought it might have been um, reversed with the, the old and the young, younger folks being interested. So interesting research. So, Len, you rounded things out in the program with some insights on brand strategy, including a look at some of the product positioning and concepts on the market. What couple of highlights can we pull from your section? Well, I, I tried to do a, a, um, a deep dive into the positioning that would coordinate with what had been done previously with both Kara as well as Claire. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I also wanted to take a step back and talk a little bit about GPA and what it's trying to do and why we feel it's important. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So I brought out the definition, presented an infographic that we had prepared talking about mechanisms and functions of prebiotic in order to make this messaging simpler so that it is attractive for the various stakeholder communities. And so we're trying as GPA to develop simple tools. And at, at FINCI, the response to our infographic was pretty validating. But going back to that, I then superimposed some of the products in the marketplace and talked about how they were messaging, how they were positioning across the categories. So I talked about a beverage brand that was taking on kombucha in the refrigerated beverage aisle. I talked about a supplement brand that had rolled out 10 or so different products, not only targeting digestion, but also other conditions that are targeted by prebiotics. We had some combination approaches using Synergy. So prebiotic combinations that try to lower effective ingredient doses and get at multiple mechanisms of action to challenge. Sometimes we feel that there's gastro distress associated with some prebiotic ingredients. So by changing it up or mixing, we alleviate that gastro distress. Um, I concluded my part of the workshop talking about lessons in how to build a category and to do that responsibly. I also tried the vision cast. I'm not sure whether the the retailers in the room and in the marketplace will will appreciate, but uh, can you picture five to six years from now walking into a retail store, going to a corner and finding the microbiome station where you plug into your your apps and your technology and you talk with your peers about your microbiome. I can see that happening and maybe it won't even take as long as five or six years. Yes, yes, such a visionary and yet it seems very tangible. I thought you did a great job. Um, I mean, you just, you perfectly highlighted the the span of information that you shared there. Um, let's pull out one or two. I I really like um, Olipop. They uh, market as a sparkling tonic and also as the healthy alternative to soda. So that's a brand that's in the space. They also won this year our next year award at Supply Side West for best functional food and beverage, which means they also beat out food products that were in that category. So that is very impressive for a prebiotic uh, beverage. So I think that's one that you mentioned as well, right? Yeah, that's an example we fed into our presentation. Uh, They're a member Mm -hmm. company of GPA. We're happy to have them as a brand. Um, They've done their homework. They're on mark from a uh, mechanism, from a targeting market standpoint. They know the beverage market. The formulations are excellent. Um, so happy to include them in the presentation and great representation of what the category can offer. And they're using ingredients like cassava root, kudzu, Jerusalem artichoke, like a varied um, ingredient list, which is neat to see. And, and um, good flavors too, strawberry, vanilla, ginger, lemon, cinnamon, cola. Functional, Absolutely. but definitely consumer friendly, consumer forward, I would say. We were able to sample with them as a member company at Fency and saw their products in the hands of dietitians and the questions that were being asked, both of them and of the prebiotic category, um, also with their positioning. And uh, they did well, and they were also a great example of prebiotics in the market. That's great to hear. That sounds like it was a, a productive show for the category. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Good. And I did appreciate your your tips on positioning strategies as well. Um, Things as easy as keep it simple, understand the mechanisms, play to the strength of the overall digestive market. So so tips that were very hands-on for people who are either in the space or looking to be there. 
So we followed um, those presentations with a full panel Q&A. Did anything about the questions or comments jump out to you? It was such an engaged bunch. And the questions mm -hmm. range from how do you label for front of pack and back of pack? I mean, what's happening? So Clara was asked how she was doing with her uplift fluids. Um, but also, um, how do, you, uh, how do you really explain mechanisms of action? Um, the discussion of resistant starch versus fiber, uh, that got a good conversation going. Uh, the conversation about how to handle some of the negative perceptions about the gastro distress that some consumers experience with some traditional prebiotics. How do you get that around that as a category, but also for individual products? So an uh, enlightening question and answer period for sure. Yeah, I actually had one attendee. I was running the mic out among the audience, and I had um, one attendee tell me it was one of the best Q&As he's ever seen, I think, just from the diversity and, and the honesty of, of answers that was coming from the full panel. It was really great. That's great to hear. It felt pretty good. Yeah, I agree. So are you already formulating thoughts on, on what a 2020 Supply Side West prebiotic session could hold? Absolutely. And I know that there's an evolution both in the science and in the marketplace. We want to make sure we're all over that. As I mentioned near the top, um, I think we need a little bit more science to present the diversity that is occurring mm -hmm. in the academic community. So, so I think that we probably need to augment with another scientific presentation. So I think two of those. Um, I think that um, we need to recognize that it's a global marketplace. Now with GPA, we've got 25% of our GPA membership international. So a global perspective needs to be part of this workshop. And again, we had so many international attendees there that wanted to talk about their own environments. Um, product positioning and target markets will continue to evolve. So we'll need to capture that. So got a lot of thoughts, but obviously open to feedback from, uh, from both of our constituencies. Yeah, that's a great point. And our listeners uh, as well, we are, we are open to hear what, what you're looking for, so let us know. Um, you mentioned GPA and, and uh, w the position that you're coming from. Do you have top priorities you want to share in terms of 2020? Uh, one of the milestones was we were able to launch at our members meeting and board meeting this year at Supply Side. We were able to launch our technical committee. Um, so we've got that operating. We need to get that rolling and get some traction and get some accomplishments. And priorities for that committee is expanding our influencer and our science connection um, and making sure we're tracking all the regulatory scientific developments internationally. Um, we need to uh, continue. We're developing a research database, um, reaching out to more academicians, um, starting our conversation of standards of evidence, claim substantiation. Um, those are some key objectives that we do have for GPA. We want to expand our membership. We want to get more brands involved. Uh, we've actually got a couple more that have signed since supply side, so making sure we can have the conversation all the way to the marketplace regarding what's happening in this category. Those are our objectives. <laughs> no small list, is it, ever? That's great, though. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. Well, Len, I sure appreciate your time. Is there anything we didn't touch on you wanted to mention as we close? No, I guess other than the fact that I want to thank you and Informacare for allowing the workshop to become a voice for this category. I think it's a great collaboration. It's an exciting category. There's so much that's happening within it that the challenge is a two-hour workshop. So things like this podcast and other follow-ups are where we need to be continuing the messaging. But again, thanks to Informa. Absolutely. And thanks to you and all the good folks at the Global Prebiotics Association. We'll look forward to seeing what 2020 holds for us. 
For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast is brought to you by Supply Side West, 